Welcome to Empathy Deployed, the podcast where you can experience an example customer interview every week. You'll discover new perspectives on different software products and improve your customer interview technique as I attempt to do the same. I'm Jonathan Markwell, and this episode is a little different. Morgan Williams approached me to ask if he could interview me about my experience of customer interviews. I responded that I'd be happy to, but it might be fun if we recorded it for this podcast. Morgan agreed, so here's the interview. Good to see you, Jonathan. How are you doing? I'm good. Hi, Morgan. Uh, I wanted to jump straight in, really just get a little bit of background about yourself, kind of um, what you're up to. So if you're able to share that, that'd be a fantastic way to sort of kick things off. Okay. Um, uh, I guess I do um, various different things. Um, I'm best known for running a co-working space uh, in Brighton, which is uh, 13 years old um, and um, has a little over 100 members um, these days. Um and is uh, sort of very much sort of member run focused on on individuals uh but um sort of before that and alongside that um i've been very into um developing web software um built some of my own uh software as service businesses and um worked on uh, on a bunch of other people's um over the years uh and um and i understand your your interest in talking to me um, for my interest in customer interviews and experience in doing that. And uh, so I've realized over the years, customer interviews um, have um, been particularly important to a lot of the more successful um, businesses I've worked on. And I've realized that um, recently I want to get better at that, hence starting a podcast. Fair. And at the moment, are you saying you're just doing the podcast at the moment alongside the sort of co-working space? Uh, yeah, I mean, the co-working spaces are very part-time. It's a bit of a labor of love, to be honest, um, uh, venture. Um, and um, my my main gig is uh, is consulting for different um, relatively small SaaS businesses. So I mostly work with B2B software service businesses that are under 1 million um, in revenue. Okay. Okay, fair. Um, at the moment, what with the sort of the three things you've got going on at the moment, um, do you conduct or so you do any collect any feedback from your customers at the moment or users or from uh, the, the people that you do consulting work for? Yeah, so um, it's fairly informal with members of the, the SCIF co-working space. Um, I try to talk to a couple of members every week. Um, kind of feel I should probably do that Um bit more formally too um the uh with my consulting clients um i've increasingly been doing um customer interviews with their customers um uh so i usually conduct the interview often with them on the call as well um and um to sort of help them get in into the the practice uh uh, and I've turned around six of those, uh, I think, this year. Um, need to do more. Um, and um, and I've done about six of my own for a few different things earlier in the year um, for exploring some stuff around potential software products. Um, oh, and actually there are – I've done another f- five with another client um, as well this year so I'm, I'm trying to get into the habit of doing quite a lot of clients um 
uh, some of their customers are more into it than than others. Fair. And besides user interviews, do you do any other forms of sort of feedback collection, whether that could be surveys, uh, NPS, um, yeah, anything like that, or some sort of user intercom widget? Yeah, I've done a lot of surveys in the okay. past, um, in particular uh, MPS-based um, ones I've had a lot of good experience with. I've tried to do that less so more recently. Mm. Um, uh, so, yeah, I've, I've there's, there's various various kinds of them, but I think I've sent out this year, I think, Surveys that have probably reached about three or four thousand people oh, wow. over about three different, for four different surveys, and I've got a couple more that I'm hoping to get out before the end of the year. Okay, and is there any reason why you do those, uh, and actually why you're starting to do them less often? Yeah, so um, trying to understand um, what what customers want and and add some. Um, th- I have a few different kinds of surveys that I do. Uh, so um, often I'll start with um, an MPS style survey, and, and it's not. I don't use the MPS question so much um, now, but I'll ask a question that's easy to answer. Um, it could be a yes, no, maybe question, or it could be on some kind of scale, and then follow that with a follow up question. Um, primarily to get the follow-up uh, um, and uh, and so I can get a, get a bit of qualitative data on what's on their mind um, what's um, about in the context of the, of the product um, or business um, that we're talking about uh, and see if there are any themes um, that come out of that uh, and then um, I'll either take that and use that as a reason to talk to them more in a customer interview um okay uh and i I, that that's my preferred approach now is to sort of especially when there's a lot of customers use a that that's very short survey as a way to sort of start a conversation with someone and then um see if a reply to that i can turn into a uh, a customer interviewer and i can get a lot of a richer set of information um from hear more from them um and then the third approach is to do a, uh, which I've jumped to before. I'm trying to um, hold off on the longer survey, not not super long, but maybe sort of eight to ten questions. Um, trying to add a sort of quali- a quantitative dimension to what I've learned from customer surveys. Uh, um, what was the reason for stopping the sort of long form surveys? Um, it's not. It's not that I've stopped them. It's just that I feel I should always do at least um uh you know a reasonable number of customer interviews first um before jumping into the um into into surveys because people don't like doing surveys don't get many responses from them Mm. and so the more the survey is built to what you know to some things that we've heard directly from customers um the better so for example uh i quite like having questions um asking things like what's most important um to you, um, either in terms of your business goal with this product or in terms of a next um, product, uh, uh, next feature that we should work on. Um, and ideally, I'd like a list of things that I've already heard 
in using words that customers have used in each of those lists and then people choose the most important least important from that list and that gives us the the um quantitative uh dimension on it okay fair so correct me if i'm wrong it's mainly using kind of the surveys as that um initial let's almost validate who's willing to at least respond to a survey and then using them as almost like a funnel to a funnel down to people where we can then say hey look these people responded let's try and get them um onto a more of a customer user interview to get some deeper insights from them kind of that roughly how it is yeah of the two surveys time this very short form survey definitely has yeah. that approach to sort of a way an easy way to open a conversation yeah. um with 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 people um and in some cases filter um to people that are happy or not happy um maybe so in the past one of use mps um we might specifically uh try and get um a number of people that gave us a 10 and maybe also mm. we decide we don't always talk to the the, the less happy people because um like i've often found it better to focus on the people that are happy and sort of build on that um mm. and also they're more willing to to talk um that's when that's when things are going relatively well for those products by the way so if if there is some growth or if most people are coming back as as positive not focusing too much on the on the people that are un, unhappy so yeah i guess it's always harder to reach out to people that don't seem very positive about the, their product experience or whatnot and asking them for more time yeah um really why do you do customer interviews then um uh, or at least prioritize those above all the other different feedback methods uh, just that the amount I learned from a customer interview is so much more. Um, I can, uh, you know, I, uh, I guess the, uh, go, the, the name of the, of the, of the podcast, um, kind of says it in empathy deployed. I'm, I'm trying to empathize, um, with people and really make sure that, um, we're, we're creating something that, um, fits, um, their um uh their needs and with in, in with their worldview and their perspective on things making sure it's um the product for them if if they're the right customer for us um sure. so i guess yeah sometimes you might there are customer interviews where you're um and it's only through the customer interview that you realize maybe this person isn't the right person to be a customer as well, um, which doesn't always come through in a, in a customer survey. Um, uh, and so if you've got that richer um, view of them, you can then uh, decide how much weight to give um, their, their responses um, in, in that interview as well. Okay. Fair. And what's your process, by the way, for actually conducting user interviews? And that can be sort of from, you know, early stage, how do we identify who to interview through to actually conducting it and then all the way out to the other side of analyzing? How does that entire process look for you? Uh, it's uh, it's evolving a lot. Um, and this year I've been actually taking time to learn more about it. Um, okay. uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm really treating um, Michelle Hansen's book, uh, deploy empathy as a guide to me um, and I'm trying to uh, sort of get good at the practice all the practices that are in there and um, but obviously merging it with some of the things um, that that I also do um, so my process is um, 
uh, well, I guess let's just take my most recent um, uh, larger scale um, process with a, with a client as an example. We did um, a survey asking um, one multiple choice um, question. Um, and uh, in their case, this was for a developer tool. And so we asked um, which stack they're using. So it's something really easy that they can answer. So they're using Ruby, Python, JavaScript, because um, it's very difficult for us to see from, from our end. And it, it impacts a lot on what, what work that we do. So just getting that as a um, one data point we thought would definitely be useful. Uh, and then followed up um, with a um, question. I can't remember exactly what that question was. Um, but it was something um, uh, like what maybe what do you value most about um, the product? Um, and we were then and 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 a, and a final question as well: Is there anything else that you'd like to say? And so that just gives us a bit of um, a view on customers, and then we could use that to follow up and say, well, we want to make sure we get a good range of people using different um, platforms uh, for the uh, for through, through some customer interviews. Um, and because we had a little bit of information from the survey, we could make each email to them personal. So then it would be a, ne- a personal email to each one um, rather than any bulk kind of email to invite them to uh, an, uh, an interview. Um, mm. And we also added an, an incentive preemptively um, just because we felt from previous knowledge of how that audience um, works with that particular product, um, we thought it'd be quite difficult to get their time. Um, and developers are, um, you know, don't love getting on phone calls as well. Mm. Um, and also developers are relatively well paid. So we didn't think we could give them a direct financial uh, incentive since these were all customers, by the way, that we were focusing on rather than people that had been in trials or whatever okay and so we um we offered uh to make a donation to a charity or cause of their of their choice um uh and um yeah they 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 appreciated that not sure how much it helped but it felt good to everybody (laughs) i guess and and uh got to support quite a wide, wide range of um different causes along the way um uh but yeah, so then it would be get them get them on a call, and um, I used a script very similar to the um, script in um, deploy uh, empathy um, for uh, for a, for a customer, an, an existing customer interview. By the way, the uh, the sort of incentive of the charity thing that's brilliant. I really like that. I, I might I might even try and test that. What's what's the results like? Of that compared to maybe a different incentive you used before, or just no incentive. Uh, I I don't have data really to compare. Um, I know that you know it felt it felt better. Everyone, um, you know, we got some really good feedback on doing it, um, and the people that we uh, some of the charities that people picked it, you know, they just had a donation form, but some of them we had to approach to be able to make the donation, and they loved it <laughs> as well. So um, uh, yeah, so it was it just felt much more um uh much nicer i think all around compared to to an amazon voucher um and a couple of people we spoke to are saying like usually with these things they get offered in an amazon voucher and it's like i don't need an amazon voucher i just charge 
books that I buy to my company or, you know, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. No, it's brilliant. Yeah, as soon as you said it, I thought, oh, God, that's 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 a real nice and creative way of approaching it. Um, just going back to the, the process, you spoke all the way up to kind of actually getting on the call. What about afterwards in terms of what do you do when you, or what's your process when you've got the, conducted the interview? What do you do with that information afterwards? Uh, so I, I'm never able to take notes during an interview. So, okay. uh, so I always ask permission to record. Unfortunately, every one of them has um, uh, been been happy with me to to record, uh, and I ask permission to share that internally. As I say, with some recent customer interviews, the um, my client's been on the call at the same time, but he w- wasn't able to make all of them, and so uh, I would share it with them um i think the i was mostly doing those interviews via zoom um and so hitting the record button in zoom once they're happy um for me to to hit record uh and then i share the recordings via google drive um and the so my process um then is that i i'll always um I'm not going to jump to many conclusions just from that first um run through i'll always go back uh, and um, and rewatch them. Uh, and I've used um, Descript uh, to help turn the interviews into textual um, documents. Uh, and um, yeah, now I'll, I'll you know write write some notes um, to 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 pull out some of the key things from from those. And we realised. Um, uh, with those customer interviews that we did, we were really lucky. We had, you know, well, you could say lucky, maybe not lucky, but everyone was, they were really happy customers. Um, and it's, there was that feedback loop didn't really exist that much for that, that company. So it was wonderful to hear all the, all the good things, but it also provided an opportunity to, um, uh, to, to use some of that material potentially to create testimonials um, so that we could get okay. some of their voice onto the, onto the website as well um and i made actually a uh an error um with one of the early interviews um in that i went back to the interviewee with my notes and i'd written the notes up as something that was quite sort of case study or testimonially and probably more more marketing orientated than than really um uh, well, it, it was capturing the situation, but um, I think it felt a bit much for the for the person that it, they didn't want that to be something that was then public. Um, the way that they had described that some of the problems that they that they had experienced, uh, and so I I didn't really handle that so well. Whereas the others, I just kind of asked at the end if they would be happy to, especially if it's been a very positive interview, if they'd be happy to. Um, to have a, a testimonial, in my, especially when some of them are sort of gushing in the interview and really wanted to say how happy they were anyway. Oh, really? And they kind of, it was very easy for the, you know, it was obvious that they, want, they would be happy to do that and and, uh, and they wanted to. And so um, we were able to turn a lot of those into um, testimonials as well as giving us um, good insight into things that they'd like us to focus on um, working on next. I feel that's quite nice. Yeah, I guess that's the upside of having positive, positive customers. You can spin each one into a testimonial. I guess that's the sort of inner entrepreneur and you trying to look for their opportunity to find some social proof. Yeah, I think it's, 
I think it's a mistake for me to focus too much on it, especially with that early one in that um, it kind of biases my perspective. Like if, I, if that's what I'm trying to get, I might not hear the things that I need to hear. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm sort of, I'm conscious of, of that. And especially as it could, um, you know, have a, have a negative impact. You know, I'm particularly worried about that, that customer um, that, that was put out by what we came back with because it sort of negates any benefit of listening to them. Um, and obviously the, the main thing that, um, you know, the most important thing about customer interviews is just listening to people, not trying to, you know, get some benefit like a testimonial out of it. It's, it's trying to understand what their perspective really is. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then being able to feed that back into making the product better for them rather than making your business more money by using them um, is not yeah. really what you know I ever want to be doing. Yeah, I guess that com- comes back down to the uh, sort of empathy thing, doesn't it? As opposed to thinking about oh, what, what can I get out of the interview? Yeah. yeah. Um, just following up on the process then, uh, and you touched a little bit on kind of one of the pains there, but how did you actually, how did you find you, the entire process for conducting user interviews? You know, any pains, problems, or, um, you know, on the other side, is there anything you particularly enjoy about it? Uh, I, I guess I struggle with lots of it, which is why I've started this podcast to try and get myself into more of a habit of doing it. Um, it's, you know, my, uh, my default preference isn't to talk to people, um, to go out of my way to talk to people, uh, a lot. Um, I, uh, prefer a day spent with my heading code or that's what I would choose um beforehand so I you know I have some anxiety in the run-up to uh to interviews um I you know I I prefer an interview where I can the the time between um planning it and then uh it happening is very short which actually this kind of was today um in terms of finding this the specific time and then I'm not sort of worrying about it um so much uh then when it comes into the practicalities of it something i struggled with which is maybe well actually it's been a situation with 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 interviews that i've been doing not for podcasts but having audio trouble especially because i'm not replying not relying on notes i am relying on the quality of the audio and i've had some customers where there's been some background noise that's been so bad that it's been difficult for me even to listen to it oh really um uh and so yeah getting getting audio quality um good um uh and then just getting i think through practice it's just getting past the awkwardness of uh starting the um the conversation but i tell you what after i always even though it's it's quite painful for me to start and to to get into it um afterwards i always feel very good about it i mean especially when it's talking to someone that's very happy about the tool that they're that they're using. I've not had many um, interviews with people that are um, unhappy or angry um, about about something. Um, so uh, you know, it, it would be useful for me to have that experience at some point. But on the whole, I um, come away quite energised from having the conversation, hearing from um, uh, hearing from people and hearing new, new perspectives. Yeah, I guess when speaking to a sort of happy customer, it's always quite, quite, quite pumping or rewarding, at least coming away from a, from speaking to them. Yeah, I just wanted to jump into that, just talk about a little bit more on the specifics of the different parts of the process. 
um, you, you spoke about kind of using that survey initially to um, sort of uh, to almost like a feeler to see if, you, if there's anyone out there that's kind of willing to answer a little survey and using them to sort of filter down and, and approach them with the user interview. Um, how do you find the process of actually finding those specific people um, to reach out to in terms of the survey? Um, or, is, or is that a mass in, kind of email that's just sent out? Yeah, in the surveys um, I've done, uh, I've initially focused on customer paying customers. Um, and in the case of a client which had thousands of customers, uh, I think we chose a fairly random sample of a couple of hundred to do a, an initial um, send to before going to the whole um, mm. audience. Um, of customers again, um, rather than the meal customers, just so that we could make sure there wasn't anything really stupid that was wrong with the survey that we hadn't spotted. Um, uh, but we um, really, the, the survey is then what we'd use to segment further, even in, even in terms of the fact that they replied at all or, um, mm. uh, or, or in terms of it, what they what they responded with um but i don't um i haven't done anything specific uh to target people for customer interviews beyond that um i've thought about it uh um but often i yeah i mean there's two challenges with targeting it more one is i can bias it towards you know, the the well known companies um, that uh, it would be really great to get a testimonial from, and then it's uh, you know then it's biasing the the interview somewhat from there because I'm focused more too much on on that. Um, uh, and I've forgotten what the other. I think I'm aware I was going to going to do it. Would be, I mean, it, it could be based on how long they've been customers or or how much um, how much they've spent. I consider doing that. Oh, but the main issue is that uh, the response rate isn't always that high, um, unless okay. they're customers. Because the, these are, I should also say, um, issue. It differs. If I did this with the skiff going. The, the co-working space um, I run it would be different, but with the B two B SaaS that I work on, which have mostly very low touch customers, um, mm. uh, the response rate is quite low um, anyway, uh, and so you can't be that picky um, when right. you've only got a couple of hundred customers uh, and you're and you're trying to get my customer into it. I find it quite hard to um, uh, to convince them. Um, Although to be fair, we've not actually gone wide with that um, incentive that we tried with the with the smaller group, um, right? So you know, still learning. And I presume that's kind of this survey is sent out via email, or is it yeah. an in in software? Oh, that's email. Email, cool. Yeah. And really, I just wanted to kind of ask. How much time, I mean, I guess it might be quite difficult for you, especially from the consulting side of things, because I guess you're consulting for a company, uh, but you might know, I mean, how much time and sort of money maybe on a weekly or monthly basis are 
you or the companies themselves putting into getting feedback from customers. Um, you know, that could be all feedback methods, um, user interviews, NPF surveys. Um, so the smaller customers I work with, um, although we try to get into a habit of doing it, it's it's probably a quarterly um, exercise in the best case um, mm-hmm. rather than an ongoing um process there's an, an exception to that which i'll mention in a minute but with the the people that um where we're looking at doing this quarterly um just because we've got we're we're sort of being generalists and doing lots of different things mm-hmm. um so we might send out a survey and then have a try and have a week or two of uh interviews um i guess the the cost there is the combination of the incentives and um, my time and that um, eclipses any other costs like we'll have software and things that we're using that might be 50 or 100 dollars um, uh, that we pay for um, but um, uh, we probably spent over a thousand dollars on incentives last time and uh, a multiple um, of my time um on that especially when uh uh yeah it's probably about 50 percent of my attention when we're doing it um 50 uh, of my attention with that client so it might mm. be um up to a week of my time solidly and sorry is that yeah. for, for both your time and for the sort of a thousand pounds worth of incentives is that per quarter you'd say uh yeah, I mean, we we could probably. It depends how we adjust the incentives. We went quite high, sort of a hundred dollar uh, or a hundred pounds incentive. I think we went probably pounds for people in the UK, um, mm. but they're a mix of US, UK, and Europe. Um, and uh, yeah, but the the incentive was probably um, you know only only twenty percent of the costs. Um, for- and then the time you said that's a sort of a week's worth of your time per quarter for that one specific customer. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, I reckon that's probably about right. A solid week. Obviously, it would be spread. Um, yeah. Okay. Perfect. Um, and really, just wanted to actually take it back a little bit, um, sort of go a bit more fundamental. We've, I know we've dived a lot into sort of user interviews specifically, um, but it'd be great to understand actually kind of what are your biggest problems at the moment with actually providing that consultancy service to those companies? Anything that jumps to the mind about kind of um, the process that you carry out with them or just the general work that you do with them? Um, they're all different. Um, uh, I guess, you know, what one challenge is some of those companies have um, – send regular emails or they'll have phases where they're doing um, an email campaign over a few weeks. Mm -hmm. And when that's the case, it's a challenge to uh, do a survey and do a series of customer interviews um, in that same window of time um, because they don't want to overwhelm customers with, um, with emails and and I don't want to send uh, different emails with different messages from the same same company at the same mm-hmm. same time as well so uh that can be a check that can just then put things back by 
a month and so we don't get around to doing it when we initially wanted to do it um that can be a challenge okay uh and i guess um yeah it would be it would be neat to have it all a bit more um on autopilot like i I like the idea of there always being customer interview scheduled every week and they just happen and you, and it's just as, a, as an ongoing process rather than being um, something that ends up getting bunched up and in, into uh, a quarterly thing. Um, yeah. And I'm, you know, we started to look at some ideas for, for getting that into place, but it's, it's just, you know, changing habits really to, to make that yeah. happen. Um, and um, what what did you look into out of curiosity? Um, I uh, I guess look, when I say look into, I mean more think about and talk and say, should we do it this way? Um, hmm. uh, and um, yeah, again, it's different whether there's a discipline of sending regular emails um, to customers anyway, or or asking them. Um, uh, questions um if there's no habit of that 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 already exists or no process for, for doing that then um yeah it's working out how that fits in uh that you know is a as a as a sort of project but um there have always been more urgent and important things i think that we've ended up working on instead um fair and the sort of I mean, you, you pretty much just said it there. What's the reason as to why you're not doing it on a consistent basis and are doing it uh, on a quarterly basis? Um, I guess actually the probably way to think about it is that like, we know that doing customer interviews and serving customers is good for the company in the long term. And we learn from, mm. from a little bit from each one. Um, but it doesn't solve an immediate pain. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's difficult to to justify doing it every week. And it's why I've not got into the habit of doing it myself. It's like, I know, it's something I know I should be doing. It's like a vitamin, I guess, but it doesn't solve an immediate pain for me now. But it might solve a pain for me in six months if I've been doing it for the last six months. Okay. And so... Um, so it's probably that we think about it like that. Uh, How about in terms of sort of time and energy and resources? Does that play a factor in it at all? Yeah, I think um, it, you know, it's a it's a project, not a task. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and and so there's because there's lots of different things uh, to to do. Um, and uh, there are always many things to do. It's just it's just difficult to um, to prioritize it uh, uh, because it's not it doesn't feel like it's a simple thing. Um, and I guess actually, probably going back to one of your earlier questions, it's um, a challenge in figuring out what the, the simplest next task is. Is is just you know maybe if it what if there was a list of people and the, and I knew the next person that was just going to send an email to and ask and there was a good reason for it being that person that might take um make it make it easier um in some way because there isn't you know oh we've got to 
send an email to everybody and make sure that fits with any of the other communications which is which are going out um and uh yeah whereas if it's just a single email to to one person it doesn't maybe feel like it's bigger a bigger job to do okay no, awesome yeah that, that's everything for me that's yeah really really useful insight thank you everyone happy to help uh, did you have any questions yourself by the way just just out of any of those anything you wanted to share uh i'm i'm curious about where how you've come around to exploring this um area um have you have you conducted many customer interviews in the past have you worked in this field um before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm happy to share sort of how almost the how I got here, uh, which I guess is uh, somewhat of a story. Um, actually, myself and my co-founder at the moment, who was also my co-founder in, in our previous business, um, we maybe waited way too long to conduct user interviews, maybe at least six months into the business, right? Uh, and we felt like the problem was already validated. We'd already had paying customers consistently getting revenue. So although there wasn't really a problem, um, we still didn't conduct user interviews, probably because we found them a bit daunting. We didn't want to, um, uh, you know, reach out to customers, annoy them, whatever, when we're trying to build good relationships with them. Um, and then as soon as we did them, we got so much value from them that we were like, oh my God, we should have done these sooner. But the only problem was when we, when we did go to do them, they were incredibly sort of, the process was still daunting. Um, but it was still an incredibly time-intensive, energy-intensive, a bit, a bit complex of a process. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you can for the amount of time you put in, especially as a founder, like when, like you said, you know, there's only a few of you. You're trying to do dev, marketing, design, uh, all these other things. Um, it seems as though customer interviews just aren't one of those top-tier priorities, right? Um, and so you're trying to do everything. And so it really just is one of those things you just put on the back burner for a long time. Um, and we sort of just did the classic, you know, right, let's just whack up some sort of feedback board and people can drop their feedback in. And we're getting loads of feature requests, but we knew what we needed to build because um, we were sort of our own customers. Yeah. Um, we didn't, and we were getting loads of feature requests. So we, we kind of knew, okay, what to build. But we didn't know why. We didn't know the why behind it. We didn't under, fully understand um, our problem, our customers, or their processes, what they did each day, why they did it, why they did the things they did. Um, we were just getting sort of very high level feature requests, and I think six months in, after using the feedback board, we kind of realised, look, yeah, we, now we do need to do these customer interviews, um, and we found them incredibly valuable, but they were very time uh, consuming. And so, sort of fast forward to today, um, we sold our business maybe uh, back in late late July, and so we sort of had a little break, which was nice, and then we're kind of coming back, okay let's start off with a sort of a new business idea together uh, and then we kind of went back through our experience of our previous business and that's when we kind of uncovered hey that we felt like this this process could be improved the whole um a customer user interview process could be is there a could we could you add a spin on it that makes it maybe a little bit less time consuming a little bit easier uh, and i think the, the 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 trend that we found at the moment and actually it's really it's really interesting you said the same word which is autopilot so i think mm-hmm. that's kind of where we're we're exploring at the moment or the research is sort of pointing us in the direction of 
user interviews on autopilot potentially. Um, so yeah, at the moment it's, it's looking, we're looking towards um, sort of, is there a way to create a solution where you can get the same quality feedback that you can get on user interviews? Like you mentioned, you know, you get some real good insights. Um, nothing quite can compare to it. Um, but in terms of the actual input, the amount of effort you have to put in, is there a way you can make that easier um, without sacrificing on the output, the quality of the yeah. insights you get? So yeah, that's pretty much it. Absolutely. I think, yeah, you reminded me of um, like an experience of a, a past client that I went then uh, then, then worked on, worked with for a while, um, mm. one of the more, most successful SaaS business I worked on. Um, we had some paying customers um, for the first product that we built. Um, and this is why I know the value of customer interviews uh, so much. It wasn't until we went, uh, we were finding it frustrating that people weren't using it even after we were selling it. Uh, and it was difficult to sell and it was difficult. This onboarding was difficult. Everyone was difficult about it. And it was um, going and talking to the actual end users rather than the people that we were selling it to and understanding their process was the oh, key right. to realizing um, that actually it was one feature that they really loved, but it was the end of the process that we'd created for them to um, to complete because it's like a CRM tool. So they had to be using it as a CRM to get this report out the other end, mm. but all they wanted was the report. Um, or the, the, the report was the, the thing that was most painful for them to create and they didn't want to change their process to use some CRM that we created. And so... Um, pulling that one feature out turned into the um, the highly profitable, um, easy to, 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 to sell as a self-service SaaS mm. that, that we were, were hoping to create all along. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a series of, um, you know, they were relatively informal discussions and I think we might have learned faster um, and understood things better if we'd had uh, a, a process of, um, more formal customer interviews um, earlier on. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting how, like you said, kind of one interview with the right person can make a whole of a difference as opposed to, like you said, I imagine you're probably, they're probably selling the, the contract is probably with some accounts billing person uh, when actually you're right, the end user has a completely different perspective on it, but it's just, it's hard. It's hard to know that that's the end user when you're just either talking through maybe email or like surveys, for example. So yeah. Yeah, it's definitely value in it. So yeah, that's yeah. it. Awesome. Cool. Really appreciate this. Thank you, Morgan, um, for, uh, yeah, especially for agreeing to um, to interview me um, for my podcast uh, and um, yeah, and give us another another take on customer interviews about customer interviews. Um, so um, I hopefully that's been really useful for, for everyone. Is there anywhere um, people listening can find out more about you um, or what you're working on? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I would say some form of social media, but I, I'm never on it and I don't, I don't know why. So yeah, I mean, to be honest, there probably isn't the best place. You could search me up on LinkedIn. That's probably, that's probably the best way. All other social media forms I'm, I'm, I'm pretty useless at. Uh, and I guess the, the business is in such an early phase that we don't really have a, a, a full fledged solution. The thing we're currently working on is, I guess, called usehaste.io. So if you wanted mm -hmm. to visit the website to check out the sort of uh, landing page of what the solution could potentially be like. Uh, yeah, that, that's probably where you'll find us and our contact details. But uh, yeah, we're still validating it. So early days, that, that might not be the, the end product uh, and it might not even exist. We'll see. All right. 
Um, okay, so used haste, uh, use haste.io um, and um, Morgan Williams uh, on LinkedIn. Um, if you'll find him, I'll, I'll get those linked in the show notes for this episode. A question I ask, actually, I'm, I'm dropping this on you as a surprise, but hopefully you've got some off the top of your head at the end mm. of each uh, podcast. It'd be interesting to hear from you is three tools, um, software tools that um, you find yourself using um oh. uh, and um and maybe would would recommend something that you're yeah, anything you're paying for at the moment um the very early stages of your business yeah yeah let's think um i guess the number one for me both personal and business is notion i don't know what it is about it it's just it's yeah it's hard to explain it's just got a bit of everything um yeah super easy to use super collaborative um i guess I'm massively into design as well. Sometimes at a downside when we're spending weeks on design, when we should just be whipping up a quick little landing page. Uh, but a tool we use for that is Figma. Yeah, real big fan of that. Uh, yeah, it changes the game in terms of uh, comparing it to like Photoshop. Yeah, it just changes the game. Um, and actually, one thing I use recently is Calendly. Uh, actually, for these user interviews, amazing, so simple, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and it just seems like one of those problems that has probably existed for maybe twenty years, and I feel like Canaly's a fairly newish kind of tool, um, which is just nuts. So whether technology's changed uh, and allowed them to build that easily, or just no one, no one built something that seems so so simple. Uh, but yeah, that, that's uh, they're probably three tools that I use the most, uh, or. Uh, in Canonly's case, is a new one that I'm enjoying. Yeah, excellent. Thank you. So that's uh, Notion, Figma, and Canonly. That's the one, yeah. All right. Thanks, Morgan. Uh, it's been really good. Yeah, no worries. Thank you very much. That was hopefully a useful example of a customer interview. You can find notes from this episode, including links to all the products mentioned at empathydeployed.com. If you know anyone who might benefit from hearing this perspective, please share the episode with them. A word of caution, this interview is a snapshot of just one person's perspective in an artificial situation. You should be very careful about drawing any conclusions about the guest, people like them, or the product from this single data point. Customer interviews are most valuable when you see parallels across many of them within a specific context. I'd suggest a minimum of five and ideally 12 to 15. I recommend the book Deploy Empathy by Michelle Hansen for a practical guide on how to do it well. If you'd like to join me as a guest on a future episode, please send me a note. I'm Jot on Twitter. That's J-O-T. My DMs are open. You can also use the form at empathydeployed.com or email hello at empathydeployed.com. Please include the names and web addresses of three software products you use regularly and or pay for.